Bonsoir, everybody. Buonasera, good evening. How is it going? So, I'm gonna read. I think it's chapter 8 of How Dogs Love Us. And <laughs> yesterday, yes, it's chapter 8. It's called The Simulator. Yesterday, I was making the bed, changing the bed sheets and stuff, and I kept hearing these noises coming from the dresser, so I went in there and checked that everything was okay. And I found a lot of um, mice poop, and then I found four little baby mice, and the mother ran away. So, they were destroying everything, basically, that was in there. And they destroyed a lot of it. And so I left the stuff they destroyed, I shook it out, so they didn't have all that poo. And uh, I put outside a really warm something. I put them with care in this thing, felt thing for outside in a plastic container, so they were kept away from the elements and the light and stuff, but most likely it was too cold for them. Um, anyway, even though they were wrapped around stuff that was really warm. So anyway, my hope was that the mother would um, look and come and get them, basically. And, you know, stay outside, because mice have a problem living outside in winter and surviving, but uh, during the other seasons, apparently are okay. That's according to pest control anyway, and uh, this company is that, you know, always trying to sell stuff. So, anyway, I was hoping for the best. And of course, this morning when I went out there, I found one dead little mouse, and a part of it was missing. <laughs> And uh, it didn't look like anything went in there and meddled, like other than the size of a mouse or a rat. So either the rats, I don't think it was even the squirrels, because nothing was really moved. It was exactly how I left it, it's just, I noticed a lot of the stuff I had put in there was missing, so I think they were trying to transport them. And one must have died, and uh, or was on the way, and so they killed them themselves. So it's unfortunate. Anyway, I don't know what happened to the others. All I know is that the mice have been sort of quiet today inside the house. It's been eight months of living with them, and I don't like to kill them because I don't think we have a right to do all of that. But. They do drive you mental after a while because they're really dirty inside and I mean they destroyed so much of my stuff, it's not even funny. Luckily I don't have anything that is so, um, it's more sentimental and uh, the valuable stuff is not really, you know, even in the way. But it was mostly clothing and hats I made and stuff that was actually nice and cozy. So now there's nothing in those drawers basically that is cozy, just boxes and metal boxes. So let's see if that stops them. I don't think they'll come back anytime soon because I'm sure the wave of death has spread already around the yard. Oh, it's just so sad to, you know, see it. 
I was hoping they would just be outside, you know, and live their life. And the rats are more sturdy, I guess. They can be outside and live better. Mice are more delicate. That's why they always try and come in in winter and everybody hates them because they are a nuisance absolutely they're a pain in the ass in the house they are damn cute but um it's really sad to you know just babies right and in 21 days they are fully grown basically they gestate for 21 days and then for 21 days they nurture them and, and then they're adults apparently and they're on their own it's like nature is funny eh? Maybe that's where 21 came from, for humans. Just a little, a stupid thought. Anyway, so that's my little, you know, sad weekend in a way, because, you know, we spend, I spend a lot of time cleaning, basically, the mess that they made. And then I ended up moving a bunch of boxes to not have anything there anymore. And now I'm going through the rest, so I'm just taking a break right now, and I need to relax and uh, do something other than organizing and putting stuff so that they cannot get to it, basically, and, you know, all the good, great stuff. Uh, just not, not a very happy time when you see poor babies, and even for the mother, you know. And I was trying to be delicate and stuff, you know, I was just like, what could I do? <laughs> if you leave them in the house, they breed so much, I mean, there were only four, usually they have like six to twelve. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know if the others were already evacuated, but because we were going through the drawers, but I found them pretty fast. And, uh, man, poor things. Anyway, so we got uh, chapter 8 of how dogs love us. And um, we are finding out, maybe eventually, the, the juice of the story. Since uh, it has been, you know, dredged out so far. Anyway, let's see. The simulator. With the issue of where to scan the dogs out of the way, we could turn our attention to acclimating the dogs to the MRI. This meant that uh, we would have to build an MRI simulator. The entire project hinged on a dog's ability to hold its head still while in the scanner. But training a dog to hold its head still was going to be the easy part. Doing it in an MRI was a different story. The interior of the MRI scanner is 6 feet long and less than 2 feet in diameter. Many people don't like being stuck in a coffin-sized tube. Fortunately, dogs aren't like humans, and many breeds actually like to be in small spaces. Kali, being of the terrier family, had no such fears and loved to tunnel under ivy and into holes. Even so, all the dogs that were going to participate in the study would need to be trained to go into a tube of the exact dimensions of the MRI. 
Once they were acclimated, 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 acclimated. I'm just thinking, am I saying it right? I just had to stop for a moment, right? And uh, distract you. Once they were acclimated to the tube, they would then have to be trained to put their head into the head coil. The coil, which is nicknamed the birdcage because of the resemblance, is even smaller than the MRI tube. The dog would need to shimmy its body and head into the center of the birdcage. The second, more difficult aspect of the MRI was the noise. MRIs are loud. When performing a functional scan, the MRI sounds like a machine gun. And nearly a hundred decibels, being in an MRI is like standing next to a leaf blower. Although not terribly painful for humans, dogs have more sensitive hearing and we worried about damaging their ears. Also, many dogs are just plain afraid of loud noises. It would, it would do no good to scan the brain of an anxious, frightened dog. Not only would we need to find dogs with a calm temperament, we'll still need to get them used to the noise. The, similar, the simulator had to mimic this key aspect of the MRI procedure. It is commonly believed that dogs have more sensitive hearing than humans, but how much more? At the low end, humans can hear frequencies of about 8 Hz, which sounds like a very deep vibration. The high end is limited to about 20,000 Hz. This range tends to shrink with age, with the high frequencies being lost to hear damage from loud noises over the years. Most human speech is in the, in the 300 to 3000 Hz range. The first investigation of dogs' hearing was done in the 1940s, but because sound generation technology was limited at the time, the scientists couldn't generate very high frequencies and they couldn't determine the dog's upper frequency range. It wasn't until the 1980s that technology could reliably generate high frequency tones. In the 1990s, an even more sophisticated technique was developed. This technique measures electrical responses in the part of the dog's brain that responds to sound. This brainstem auditory evoked responses, or bears, buyers, <laughs> are also used in humans. <laughs> like bears, you want to read bears because, you know, but it's bars. Today, most scientists agree that dogs can hear tones up to about 60,000 hertz, well beyond the human range. The actual MRI scanner makes a wide variety of sounds. These noises originate from what are called the gradient magnets. There are two types of magnetic fields in an MRI. Hi! What do you want? You okay? 
The Fru Fru is here and she's looking at me funny, guys. What do you need? Do you need to go outside? She needs to go outside. Thank you for that. That was uh, lovely. We're back, we're back. Alright, so. There are two types of magnetic fields in an MRI. The main field is produced by the miles of superconducting wire that are wrapped around the bore. The main field never changes and is always on. The gradients are much smaller magnetic fields that are constantly changing during a scan. By switching the gradients on and off, we can select specific locations in the brain. A gradient can be switched on by running electrical current through it, which activates the magnetic field. The sudden inrush of electricity causes the magnet to expand slightly, and this rapid expansion causes a pressure wave inside the MRI, which we hear has allowed banking. The exact noise that, is, that it makes depends on the type of scan being performed and whether it is a structural, structural or functional MRI. We still need a physical mock-up of the scanner to train the dogs in. Many universities that house MRIs for brain research have mock scanners. There are many situations where it makes sense to train people in the scanner before actually scanning their brains. Brain imaging studies of children, for example, must first teach kids to lie still in the scanner by using a simulator. Because the MRI can be frightening, it is very helpful to allow the children to get used to environment to the environment before they go into the real scanner. It isn't surprising that a few companies have cropped up to sell mock scanners. The price tag, however, is steep. When we embarked on the dog projects, the going rate for a mock scanner was about $40,000. Since we have no funding, this wouldn't be practical. Besides, I couldn't see spending so much money for what amounted to an empty tube with a few speakers inside to simulate the noise. But how much of the real MRI would we need to simulate? Did we need something that could fill an entire room, like the real scanner? Or could we get away with a simple tube? After all, the dog was going to be inside only the scanner. Mark came to the hospital to check out the MRI facility and determine how much of the actual MRI we would need to simulate for dog training. He hopped up on the patient table and lay down, putting his head in the birdcage. With the press of a button, the table glided into the center of the magnet. A quick thumbs up indicated he was good to go. We went through a few quick brain scans so that Mark could get an idea of the types of noises and how loud they were. Mark came out of the scanner with a big grin on his face and proclaimed, this is completely doable. Do you think we need a mock-up of the entire scanner? I asked. No, just the patient table and the tube will be fine. 
This was good news because we were going to have to build the simulator ourselves. The mock scanner would have three elements, a tube to simulate the inside of the scanner, an exact model of the per cage, which the dog would have to shimmy into, and sound, and a sound system, sorry, to play recordings of the scanner noise at the appropriate loudness. I was looking forward to this. Constructing a simulator would let me dust off some woodworking equipment that had been laying dormant in the garage. It's fun to build stuff. To simulate the inside of the scanner, we needed a tube of the right diameter. The MRI bore measured 60 centimeters or 2 feet in diameter, larger than any tubing you would find at your local hardware store. That is, however, a common diameter of concrete pillars used in the construction of buildings. These pillars are made by pouring concrete into molds sold under the trade name Sonotube. Andrew made a few calls to construction supply houses around Atlanta and soon located a 12-foot-long, 2-foot-wide Sonotube. Do they sell it by the foot? I asked them. Nope, Andrew replied. We have to buy the whole piece. How much? About a hundred bucks. How long is the MRI? More again. Six feet. This is great, I said. We can do this NASA style. Andrew looked puzzled. In the old days, I explained, NASA always launched two spacecraft for their missions. The reason was that most of the cost of a project was in the design and development. Once those were achieved, the added cost of a second spacecraft was minimal. Plus, it added a level of protection if one craft failed. If we need to buy 12 feet of sonotube, we might as well just cut it in half and build two simulators. Yeah, then they can sell it. <laughs> we'll give one to Mark to use at CPT, and I can keep one at home to test on Kali. Building the main tube didn't require much beyond cutting the sonotube in half. Andrew and I found everything else we needed at the local Home Depot. We bought two folding tables to mount the tubes on, a sheet of plywood and some lumber will serve as the patient table inside the tube. We did the construction in my garage on a Saturday. Even though the result looked nothing like an actual MRI scanner on the outside, the important part for the dog was the interior of the tube. Andrew had obtained all the measurements from the real scanner. All we had to do was duplicate the height and width of the patient table when fully inserted into the MRI bore. To test it, we took turns crawling into the simulator. We both agreed it felt just as claustrophobic as the real thing. And then they show you a picture of them building this thing in the simulator. It looks pretty thin. As a tube, it's not like a big one. Expecting them to be like thicker. Building a mock-up of the birdcage was a little more complicated. It is a peculiar shape, a cylinder about a foot long and a foot in diameter. Because it lies on its side, 
The cylinder rests in a cradle that attaches to the patient table inside the MRI tube. Andrew took exact measurements of the real coil and made a full-scale tracking of the ends of the birdcage. Sorry. I got distracted a moment there as I was reading that. We transferred the tracings to some plywood and used a jigsaw to cut out exact replicas of the ends of the coil. Wood dowels were used to simulate the cage of the coil and also to hold the ends of the birdcage together. We bent a thin sheet of plywood into a semicircle and glued it inside the whole construction. For humans, this would form the cradle where the head rests. The dogs would need to shimmy their whole body into the coil and assume a sphinx position. Kali kept a respectable distance from the simulator. She wasn't afraid of it, but she wasn't treating it like a toy either. Just for fun, I tried to coax her into the tube, but she wanted nothing to do with it. Even with a dog treat inside, she still wouldn't go in. The whole thing was just too foreign. Plus, it was elevated on a table, and she didn't like being placed on a table. Too much like a visit to the vet. Maybe the birdcage would be an easier place to start. We began by placing the birdcage on the floor. I wanted Kali to sniff it out on her own terms. After a few minutes, she became bored and walked away. This was a good sign. She was getting used to it and didn't view it as a threat. Next, I lay down on the floor and put my head in the birdcage. Kali still wasn't ready to jump in with me, but a little peanut butter on my lips changed her mind. She bounded onto my chest and stuck her head in to lick it off. Since she seemed to be having fun now, I dabbed a little peanut butter inside the coil to get her to go in by herself. She happily lapped it up to avoid smearing the whole birdcage with peanut butter. I switched over to dog treats. <laughs> Each time she stuck her head in the birdcage, I moved the treat a little farther back. I wanted to see if she would assume the sphinx position in the birdcage, but I had no idea how to do that. As much as I loved Kali and secretly hoped that she was going to be subject number one, I was afraid that she was too ill-behaved for the experiment. I emailed Mark some pictures of the mock scanner. In the last photo, Kali lounged next to the head coil. Much to my delight, it was Mark who suggested using her. She looks comfortable with it, he wrote. Why not make Kali the first subject? <laughs> so the coil and stuff, like it's not really huge or anything. The test of the mock-up of the mock head coil while Kali investigates. So he's lying down in it and the little dog is on top. It's quite cute. And that is the end of chapter 8. And uh, maybe I'll just stop there because I feel so dysfunctional today. <laughs> like my head keeps getting distracted by...
uh, everything I read. But um, I'll read a little more later probably. I just want to take a break because I think I need to regroup. I need to do some tapping. Maybe that's what I'll do to finish this one session. It's just um, It's me and raining and raining and raining. That's the other thing. It's really annoying, actually. I'm getting really tired of all this rain and then all this bullshit, you know, like if you're not aware of how all that has happened last week um, with, you know, the idiots as we knew, of course. They're pushing a fake war, and now, of course, they're trying to use it as an excuse to create a one-world government, right? And that's what all they were talking about, that the Big Brother meeting, Klaus, shite, you know, went on, Big Brother. <laughs> Klaus, aka Big Brother. Yes, we need uh, to find a solution. <laughs> Fuck. I don't even know how people can not see through these idiots, man. But anyway, um, it's just good to distract ourselves, honestly. And every time an innocent creature dies, I think, why don't those fuckers die? Seriously. They are useless. They are just a nuisance to the world. <laughs> Instead of these little innocent beings, you know, who... Yeah, they are mischievous and stuff, but... They're pretty harmless in the big picture, you know. And uh, again, you know, if this these creatures were so dangerous to us, guys, realize that every single warehouse is filled with them, and they pee and poo on all the items. And you know what? If it was really so shitty, you'd all be dead by now. So it's the amount of lies that are fed to everybody. But if People stopped and thought for a moment, you know. But then they go, oh, but they told me they died of this. Yeah, they can tell you all kinds of things, but as the past two and a half years have shown all of us who have a brain still left inside, you know. So if anyone has been pushing the war and Russia being the bad guy and all the Russians being bad, realize their cult. Because it's always the poor people on both sides who are losing. Anyone who decided to participate in the shit is just lost because obviously they haven't realized they're fighting the wars of the elites, the self-proclaimed elites, because they're not elites. Let uh, all these so-called elites go and fight their own wars and you stop fighting with your brothers and sisters. There's only one enemy and those are the ones who are trying to tell us what to do. Those are also the ones who have been pushing all these fake events, including this latest one that they called global warming and now they conveniently called climate change because global warming was kind of a joke since it's global cooling what's really going on. And that's why all the stupid shows about the trains going around the world that is frozen, all these movies about the world is frozen over because that's what, what, where they want to go with this shit. And you idiots are allowing this crap to go. And censorship is a absolutely a precursor to tyranny. And so every time we lose good beings, the only thing that I think about 
is you're going back to source. So don't make the mistake, people, of thinking you are separated from anything else. Because this is, again, the cult trying to keep you enslaved. Enslaved here, even if you're not in 3D anymore, enslaved on a soul level. You are not a soul, and that's it. You are actually all with source. And when you start thinking in this way and behaving in that way, then you don't want to hurt the animals. You don't want to hurt other people. You don't want to hurt anybody because you realize that it's like hurting yourself, like it or not. And as much as all these imbeciles who have 300 degrees in crap want to try and say they're logical, they're absolutely illogical because they're denying the biggest parts of themselves, which is the heart. And the mind does not reside in your brain. The brain is merely the calculator. And there's Nobel Prizes, real ones, who can back this up. So wake up already, because the wake is up and it's time for you to open your eyes to the fact that these losers only get their power because you are giving it to them. And the reality is, when you want to make a nation like Russia look bad, and they don't need help with that, let's face it, right? It's not the people, though. You keep confusing the military and the people who said yes to the order to invade, and you keep thinking that the Ukraine government is so nice and clean. It's not. And I'm sure if you go and ask the poor people how it really is, they'll tell you the truth. And they'll probably tell you what we know, not through mainstream, of course, that most of the damage was done by their own people to make it look like the other people were the bad ones. And that's how you start wars, always. And there's so many people who have admitted to having used this. I mean, read the art of war. It's the manual written for all of you psychopaths who think that there is some kind of justification in hurting others for your own ends. You're disgusting. But the thing is, they can only keep doing it if you allow it, people. So, again, until you open your eyes and realize all these people who are in labs and do studies and shit, well, it's interesting. Some of them do good work. And even the ones like this one who are clearly brainwashed to the bone, they still can be sort of interesting. <laughs> but take them with a grain of salt, because if they were so intelligent, they wouldn't have Big Daddy, you know, Big Brother, paying their fucking wages. They would have their own business, they would figure out how to actually help others making money, which is the only way that I consider personally a successful way of being really successful. Making a lot of money selling your soul, to me, is not, a, is not success. It's bullshit. It's how you sell your soul. If you're gonna make a lot of money, at least fucking help people. And beans, all kinds of beans, you know? But, of course, it's too much to ask for some, you know, it, taking the easy way, right? <laughs> so, when I look at all of this, I think to myself, realize that the only people who are always suffering are the poor ones, the poor honest ones. And after I've been listening to Italian streams, I really have realized why I fucking can't stand that place. And all their corruption and their bullshit. Oh my goodness, the arrogance of these losers. And you know what? None of them 
has ever been to war most likely. None of them has gained any real experience. None of these fucking losers who are streaming right now about the war in Ukraine has ever fucking been in a war. And they are obviously called slaves because they push shit and they lie to people saying you have to take sides. You don't have to take sides. The only side you should take is the side of the people. Stop hurting the people. Stop hurting those who have the real jobs, not the pencil pushers in the world, the parasites who make shitload of money off of the hard work of other people. But again, it's a choice that you won't make, right? So make your own choices and pay the consequences. But don't say nobody told you because there's a bunch of us who have been pointing these things out. And unlike the other losers, we don't get mad when you don't do what we say because we're not telling you what to do. We're just pointing out things to make you think with your own brain and detract your own conclusions. Because we're not here to follow someone else's lead, people. We are here, all of us, to find our own inner compass and work together with other people and their inner compass. If you're still looking for someone to tell you how it is and you're still looking up at someone else, you still haven't gotten the picture of what's truly going on here. Of course, it's just my opinion. And my opinion is worth nothing. <laughs> Clearly. Well, to most of you anyway. But that's fine. At least I know one thing. I have tried to tell you. I have tried to help out. And not because I wanted anything in return. Because it was the right thing to do. Because I could sit on my ass and laugh at all of you. Like Jeff Berwick. And the next one who needs help with their health, I can laugh and go, Hehe, I know how, but hey, you're gonna sign up for my program, guys. It's not that expensive. <laughs> I, we could all do that, you know. And like, oh, oh, so you are dying? How much money are you willing to pay me to help you? <laughs> but it's so fucked up. Like, who behaves like that? Seriously. I have never understood this kind of way of thinking and quite frankly I'm not surprised we are in this situation today because of how most people actually have been thinking in this way and most people have actually been telling people like me that oh you care too much <laughs> come on it's pretty funny it is pretty funny considering then they turn around I want to come across as really nice people and people who truly, truly give a shit. <laughs> I love it, I love it. The fakeness of these bastards. But you know what, they are who they are. And uh, they're not really that important in the grand scheme of things, unless you let them be. So I laugh at Trudy Castro and all the other losers who are trying to push the new world order crap which they called conspiracy theories and clearly were actually conspiracy facts. And now they're openly promoting this shit, including the metaverse, which is another piece of crock. And they're promoting all these electrical cars because electrical cars are much easier to stop when your computer in the car is telling you where you can go and when you cannot go, you have lost your freedom. When you drive one of those regular cars, they cannot do that as easily. They can still do it probably on the ones that have 
electrical, you know, some of them are super duper, but the others, <laughs> you can't as much. They want to control everything you do. But you see, they go and discuss these things, not on Zoom like everybody else, because they're so worried about the environment. No, they go to places like Dubai, right? With their Lear jets. Oh, because, you know, their shit smells better than yours and mine, obviously, right? But you are the ones polluting, except one Lear jet consumes how much more than a car driving around? Go and do some math. Go and check out the reality of this. I had at some point, and it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And people are still not seen through the shit. Yellow and blue, the colors they used throughout COVID, throughout the Ukraine war, and now the climate change, former global warming. And there are still people who think the ice is melting, even though they have proven that it was all fake and the Ge National Geographic was exposed for this. But it is what it is, right? People want to believe what they want to believe. And granted, some vegans were using it to push veganism. I did it for a little bit, and then I was like, this is ridiculous, because it's not even true. And the bottom line is, you're not helping at all when you're pushing another agenda. Why are you pushing that? You know? Because obviously, these are people then call themselves vegan and hate human beings. Yes, I, I hate assholes. I don't hate human beings. I hate assholes who behave like pricks and who hurt others. It's different, but I don't really hate them. I more don't see the point of having them in the world, to be honest. I think they just shouldn't exist. But again, I have never quite understood this world where there is the positive and the negative. For me, I was always, when I was a kid, I was always looking at things like, why are people doing all this shit to each other? Why? Like, and when you ask questions, they go, oh, this is how it is. But to me, it was like, what do you mean this is how it is? Like, everybody just accepts all this shit. It's like inside of me, I always was, no, this is bullshit. There's gotta be something we can do about it. Otherwise, what the fuck is the point of being here? You know, it's like being a rat, right? Like all they do, these mice, since they're born apparently, <laughs> they breed, <laughs> they they get their adult when they're 21 days old. At six weeks, they can start procreating. And when they live in the wild, apparently, they live about a year. When they live in the homes, like these guys, two, three years, and they can live up to that. And from the moment they start breeding until the moment they die, they keep breeding. So they can breed like 20, between 25 to 60 mice per female mouse a year. <laughs> so <laughs> it's quite a lot if you think about it. It's a lot of children. You think about having between 25 and 60 children. <laughs> I don't think we would have anything left down there probably. But again, that's the difference. So, it, it, but it's sort of like living like a mouse in a way. The way I looked at it, I remember being a kid thinking, "What the fuck am I doing here? I don't want to live my life. I don't want to go through my life like that's what I have to expect from my life. no." My whole being was totally against it. My mom used to always make fun because Monday would come around, and I'll go to her and go, "Is this Sunday?" <laughs> because I didn't know I want to go to school. And unfortunately, in Italy, 
um, you go to school, well, back then anyway, we would go to school Monday to Saturday. So Sunday was the only day, and Saturday was my favorite day off, and I never had it off there anyway. But <laughs> that's a little side note for nothing. It's just, um, she always made fun of me. It's because I didn't want to go. I didn't want to be in this kind of reality. And a lot of people seemed to accept it. A lot of my uh, classmates, and they were fine with all the shit inside of me. I was keeping a lot of this stuff inside of me because I was always very shy. And, um, you know, a lot of times it just seemed pointless because most people didn't seem to quite even care, <laughs> you know. They would look at you when you ask different question and they would say, oh, you know, don't be difficult and dismiss you like that. So hey, let me know if any uh, of you have experienced stuff like that. Since we're reading about, you know, dog brains and how they love us and all these animals and stuff and I, I love animals and I'm really, you know, I just, I don't know, I just, I'm just curious to see how other people are doing and feeling and you know what is your feeling about all this bullshit that they keep trying to push at us um any one of you wants to finally you know get together and say no to all this tyranny or are you okay with basically being treated like him and being told what to do by those who work for us and are not above us i'm just curious i'm just curious to see where everybody's at and, you know, if you send money to those who need money, because the poor people, both in probably Russia and Ukraine, they have been affected, um, make sure you send them directly to the people. Stop going through those organizations. Because when you go through even animal shelters and stuff, when you go through them, you're actually giving money to the cult. We need to stop relying on these third parties and to these people. We need to start acting directly with each other and we need to eliminate the third party if they're not gonna do what's best for the people us if Trudy Castro here is not gonna do what's best for us we need to get them out of the way and we need to find a suitable replacement but we don't need to do the things they are claiming we need to do a lot of times we need to do the opposite of what they're saying and people with real expertise and degrees in this have seen that degrees that actually count not bullshit like all those idiots in italy who talk about war strategy and crap and they never fucking gone to war oh but they can quote every single date to the point every single date of what of lies you've learned compliments you have great memory it's not a sign of intelligent intelligence and if you were intelligent you wouldn't have fallen for all those stories his story that's his story for you how stupid do you need to be to fucking think that your secondhand red bullshit is more important than actual truth and actual direct experience and that is the arrogance that you find in Italy. I am not shitting you. And because a lot of poor people there do not speak English, you know what? They have no fucking clue what's going on around the world. And they're drinking the Kool-Aid because they don't have a choice. And those who do think properly, I pity them because being there 
honestly, it's the worst fight. It's worse than being here. And being here, it's pretty bad, guys. Just so you know, we still cannot travel here without having the deadly shot and without having the face diapers. That's right. If you don't have the mystery juice deadly shot, mystery juice because we still don't know the ingredients of that shit, but you're asked to trust them. Oh, yeah, because you've done such a great job in the past keeping us all well, right? Liars. Science, you know, it's not about trusting. Science is about verifying. And the fuck if we're gonna trust you, big brother, piece of shit. You know? And it's not the big brother. You know which big brother we're talking about. It's pathetic. It's just pathetic how people are. And around here, people, I was just outside with my dogs today. Unfortunately, you know, in one of the schools around here, they were having some party. And there were so many morons, even though the masks things have been lifted. But they were still going around with face diapers. I was using my umbrella because it was raining a lot to shield myself. So I didn't have to look at them, you know. I would just see them in the far distance and then talk myself down. But how retarded do you need to be to do such things? And then to turn around and literally not give a fuck about the amount of trauma and the amount of anxiety you cause normal people for wearing those face diapers. Because see, I'm old enough to remember when wearing a face diaper co covering your face was considered against the law and it was really, really not possible to go around like that. They would have stopped you and questioned you if you were going around without being recognizable. It's pathetic how they switch things around and you let them. It's your consent that has led us here. All of you who have complied in any way, shape or form, and all of you who have spent years talking about whether there was really this uh, deadly bug they claimed there was. The fact that you've given it attention, you've given it power. If you were like all of us, <laughs> this is bullshit, you're done. Guess what? The shit would have already been dealt and done with. Clearly, it wasn't meant to go that way. Darn it. We have to suffer a little longer. Let's hope you wake the fuck up soon. Because I don't know you people, but I am really done with the shit. <laughs> and again, if there was a god, all these bastards wouldn't exist. <laughs> they would be already bye-bye. <laughs> so... Let's hope people wake the fuck up and uh, fast enough because I don't know you but I'm really freaking done with this shit. Alright, I'll take a break and then we'll come back and do some more. Maybe.